0: Merry Christmas Church Merry Christmas. Uh, it is so good to be with you this morning and to worship our great God. Uh, Christmas is an incredible time to be reminded of the gift that God has sent to us in His Son Jesus our Savior and uh, what an incredible incredible celebration uh, that we can remember today and celebrate today uh, what John describes in John chapter one of his Gospel as the Word of God made flesh dwelling among us. And uh, Christmas is just a time of year where we can, again, remember and focus and celebrate. I want to spend some time in prayer together this morning before we look into God's word. And I want to pray for you as a church this morning. I know some of you are here and um, this is your first Christmas or first uh, holiday season without a loved one that has passed in the past uh, week, months, year. I know some of you have uh, some difficult family situations you're enduring right now, some financial hardships, maybe health issues, and in the midst of all of that, you're here and uh, worshiping and giving praise to our great God. But I want to pray for you as a church this morning and pray for all of us that we would be faithful in representing Christ well. Would you join me in prayer this morning? Uh, God, we come to you today, and we just have to start by giving you Thanks. Lord, there is no one like you. We know from your word that you are holy, God. You are set apart from all that is evil, from all that is sinful, from all that is corrupt in this world. You are perfect in all that you do. You are absolutely right and just in all that you do. All of your ways are true and just. God, we thank you that we know you are God as the everlasting God. You have no beginning and will have no end. You are everlasting to everlasting. You are God. Lord, we come to you today thanking you and praising you that you are our unchanging God. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you for that truth. God, we come to you today giving you thanks because we know that your mercies are new every morning because your faithfulness is great, that your love endures forever. We come to you this morning giving you praise and giving you thanks because you are heavenly father. Even when you saw us dead in our sins, you made us alive in Christ. We thank you that you've demonstrated your love to us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. We thank you, our Heavenly Father, that you have adopted us as your sons and daughters. We thank you for your promise and your word that you never leave us, nor will you ever forsake us, that you are with us wherever we go, God. We thank you this morning that you are near to the brokenhearted. God, the ones that call out to you out of a broken and contrite heart you will not turn away from. We thank you for your listening ear even this morning. Father, we come to you today giving you all of that praise and glory and honor because there is no one like you. Lord, I pray this morning for our church. I pray for some even here this morning that are hurting because of a loss of a loved one, because of... Tragedies that have struck this past year. We pray that you, the God of all comfort, would comfort hearts as only you can today. That you, the God of peace, would bring peace. Lord, that you would give hope as only you can give and you would give strength as only you can give to those that are struggling, that are mourning even maybe this morning. Father, we pray that you would be with those that are sick and that cannot be here but desire to be. God, that you would give strength and healing physically to their bodies. God, that you would encourage them spiritually in their souls, that they might see and know you and know your goodness and faithfulness. Father, we pray for lost loved ones, family members, friends, neighbors, co-workers that we know need Christ. I pray that your spirit would open the eyes of these loved ones and friends and families, Lord, to who Jesus is, and that they might truly know Christ. And be saved. God, I pray for each of us in this room, the families represented in this room, that you would use us for your glory. We pray for strengthening of marriages between husbands and wives. We pray for strengthening of relationships between parents and their children. Father, we pray for faithful witness and testimony to a lost world that is around us, that we would be faithful ambassadors of Christ. And God, not just at Christmas, But all year long, we would faithfully represent Jesus to those that are watching. Thank you again for the privilege to gather together in your name, Lord. We lift all of these things to you, knowing that you are more than able to accomplish even far greater things than we could ever ask or imagine. In the name of our Savior Jesus, we pray. Amen. I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, we've already... Uh, proclaim this in our singing, but I just would love to have been there when you read the gospel account where the angels appeared to the shepherds and they made this amazing announcement that there is born to you in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. That would be one of the top announcements I think the angels could ever make. What a a joyous announcement. I was thinking about that, and, and I've said this before, but as I think about that great announcement that was made, there was born to you in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I think incredible announcement. Um, It might be secondarily only though to the announcement at the tomb that Easter Sunday morning when an angel was there and said why do you seek the living among the dead he is not here he is risen just as he said that's an incredible announcement too I have to admit and uh, that is so incredible to me because it's almost like bookends isn't it. The announcements that these angels made in the word of God, made flesh, dwelling among us Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, coming in human form as a baby in Bethlehem, that there's this announcement by the angels, today he is born, and then following the crucifixion of Christ, three days buried, dead in a tomb, everybody thought everything was done, that the plan failed. (laughs) And the angels announced that amazing first resurrection Sunday morning. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen just as he said. It's, it's like bookend announcements in the plan of God. I absolutely love those two announcements. Do you like those two announcements, by the way? Yeah. yeah. Can you give God praise this morning for those two yeah. announcements? It's incredible to consider that. But what I love about that is I think about those announcements and I think about everything that happened in between those two announcements and all that happened prior to that announcement that Christ was born and all that would happen following the announcement that he's not here, he's risen just as he said, all of it, all of that was part of the perfect plan of our holy, righteous, eternal, loving God all part of God's plan. God's plan. And I love God's plan because God's plan is absolutely perfect, entirely perfect. Have you ever had a plan that you thought was perfect and it didn't amount to be so perfect? Um, You know all about that, I'm sure. If you have kids, you know what maybe plans you had as a family, whether it was a vacation Or something special you wanted to do or a birthday party and everything was arranged and everything you thought was in order. And then one thing happens and it's like the plan is over, right? Move on from the plan. New plan. Have you ever heard of people say, hey, let's go to plan B? Um, If you've heard that, which you probably have, it's because a lot of people have to go to plan B because plan A, the A plan that they thought would work, didn't work. If you watch any kind of sports, there's a game plan in any sporting or there should be at least. And you would hope, I was just talking to someone earlier this morning, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to make any negative comments about any sports teams today. But someone was telling me today, they were complaining a little bit about a sports team that plays football. They, they were saying that the coach doesn't make any adjustments. They don't adjust the plan when it's needed. You know what's absolutely incredible about what we're talking about this morning with God's plan? There's never a point in time where God has to adjust there's never a point in time where God has to go to plan B. There's never a point in time where God has his plan laid out and God looks at it and says, oh man, I didn't see that coming or I didn't expect that or that's not part of the script or plan or that's not what I intended to do. I gotta figure something out. Our God is never taken by surprise. And so as we recount this glorious morning that Christ was born, and and this, this day that we remember that, and this day that we celebrate that, I want us to understand and look this morning at the plan of God that was unfolded right before the eyes of those that would see Jesus, and that's recorded for you and I today to be able to remember and to rejoice in. Uh, Galatians chapter 4, I want to read verses 1 through 7 as we look into God's word this morning. We'll focus in there, Galatians 4, 1 to 7. It should be on the screen for you as well this morning if you're going to follow along. If you also have a copy of God's word, please follow along with us. Galatians 4, beginning in verse 1. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. Verse 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons... God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son, and of a son, then an heir through God. I want to focus in this morning on God's plan in verses four through seven that we see unfolded before our eyes in Scripture, where God would send his son into the world, so that the world through him might. Be saved. And so I just want to make a few points this morning, if you'll stay with me. Point number one God had a precise plan. God had a precise plan. It says, when the fullness of time had come. When you think about that statement, when the fullness of time had come, it's referencing the completion of the period of preparation in God's sovereign timetable of redemption. There was an appointed time that God had appointed when his son would be born, when Christ would take upon himself flesh, that he would live a perfect, sinless life, that he would live perfectly before his God, before his heavenly Father, and he would live perfectly. Jesus would be completely set apart from all that was evil, from all that was sinful. He would do what only he could do, live a perfect, sinless life, so that he might be offered as the acceptable sacrifice. For our sins on the cross. Paul says when the fullness of time had come. Just as God had planned. Referencing that specific moment in time. When God would send forth his son. Because Jesus would provide a righteousness. A holiness. An acceptable sacrifice in the sight of his heavenly father. That you and I could never on our own provide. Jesus would do what only he could do. The perfect, sinless, spotless lamb of God. God had a precise plan. You know, he talked about these plans. Have you ever talked to someone where they kind of had a major responsibility on their shoulders? And when you ask them what their plan was, you were not convinced that it was a precise plan. Have you ever had someone do that? Like, hey, so what are your plans for whatever you're talking about? Ah, yeah, we'll figure something out. Right? Um, Doesn't breed a lot of confidence. Um, Or if you're on vacation and you're a planner and you like to know what the days are going to look like and you go with family and they're not planners. You're like, hey, so what are we doing tomorrow? And everybody's like, eh, we're just going to kind of figure it out. Like if you're a planner, you're like, no. Like I need to know. Now I'm one of those that are more like, hey, let's just relax. Enjoy the beach, the sun. Like, what are you going to do today? I'm going to sit in the sun for 12 hours today. That's what my thinking is sometimes, okay? But then there's other people when you're on vacation, they want a regimented plan. They want to know. And so when you ask that question or they ask that question and they don't hear precision, they're panicked. They're panicked. Even over simple things like, where do you want to go to dinner? I don't know. Wherever you want to go. No. Like, we need to know, right? You need to know for next week. There's people like that. And if that's you, chill out. It's okay. Now listen, it's okay to be that way with some things, but can you imagine if the plan of redemption for the souls of men, eternity hanging in the balance, and and God, who is the author of salvation, says, you know, I just haven't figured that out yet. You can imagine what turmoil there would be in our hearts even this morning if we are sitting here, and if you're sitting here today and you say, I don't know about eternity, I have no sense of security and certainty, that's a terrible spot to be in. But because our God had a precise plan that we'll see in a minute, he executed perfectly by the way, you can have assurance and confidence in your salvation, in your eternity today, Because of our God and because of what he accomplished. See, Paul says in Galatians 4, when the fullness of time had come at just the specific right time. In Micah 5 2, the prophet Micah said, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. That's an incredible passage. The prophet Micah is prophesying about something yet to happen, speaking of the coming of Christ, and yet he speaks of it as though it's already something that is secure for eternity past. It's incredible, the confidence that was there in the precise plan of God. And oh, by the way, how incredible that just as God said it would happen, it happened. Hundreds of prophecies concerning the Lord Jesus Christ in his birth, fulfilled every one of them, exactly as God had promised. Our God had a precise plan. If you're a planner, take encouragement in that. If you're not a planner, still take encouragement in that because you needed a plan for this, and you had none, and I had none, but God did. He had a precise plan. He says that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, Jesus is fully God, and yet we recognize fully man. This emphasizes the humanity of Jesus Christ. We can't fully wrap our heads around this. How theologically can we understand that Jesus Christ was fully God, yet fully man? And yet, Paul emphasizes the humanity of Christ here when he says the fullness of time had come. God sent forth his Son, deity, born of a woman, emphasizing his humanity. Born under the law, it says in verse 4. Jesus was, just as you and I, under obligation to obey. He was to resist sin, flee temptation. Christ was responsible for his actions. That's why the word of God reminds us of the comfort we can have, knowing that we have a great high priest who can sympathize with us, that Jesus would be tempted even as we were tempted, and yet he would not sin. Born under the law, responsible for his Actions. Christ needed to be the perfect, sinless, spotless sacrifice. The standard was perfection. The standard was holiness. There was no inconsistencies on God's part as it related to the standard that he set for his son. He needed to be holy, completely holy. And he would be. What does this tell us? It tells us that God had a very precise plan, which was for the glory of God, for the redemption of man. Redemption that could only happen by the mean of a perfect and holy sacrifice. This was God's plan. This was God's plan. I remember our youngest, Leah, who is six years old now. And uh, and I remember when Leah was very young as a baby, there were times that she would be crying and we could not soothe her. We could not get her to go to sleep. And something that would work is if we loaded her up in the van in her car seat... And drove around with her and she would fall asleep in the car. How many of you as parents have ever had to do that with your kids? Or grandparents that have had to do that? Or if you're a babysitter, um, you probably haven't, but that plan works for a lot of babies. Um, if you're a safe driver, I'm not endorsing that. But um, Leah, when she was a baby, would be crying and we'd put her in the van and we'd drive around with her. And so we would be in the house, and she would be crying. We couldn't get her to quit crying, and there would be loudness, and it would be chaotic, and there would be turmoil. And all we wanted was, like, peace and quiet. And so we'd load her in the van, turn on the van, and drive around in that manly minivan over and over again to get her to fall asleep. And sure enough, it wouldn't. And the expectation and the hope was that if that plan worked, it would mean peace and quiet for all involved in our house. And so no matter how cold it was outside or if there was snow on the ground or whatever, if that would work and it meant peace and quiet for all, we would do it. Do you realize what was at stake in the coming of God's Son, Jesus? If the plan of God was executed perfectly, which it was, which would never be in question, if the plan of God would unfold exactly as God had planned, it would mean peace and joy and salvation for all who would believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God had and He still has a precise plan and He is executing it perfectly. Number two, I want us to understand this morning that when we were in bondage, God intervened. When we were in bondage to sin, God intervened. It says in verse four, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. God sent his son so that we might be redeemed. He sent forth his son because we owed a debt we could not pay. We were guilty before God. The word of God says every person has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. Every one of us are on equal territory there in the sight of God. Without Christ, apart from Christ, We are lost, we are condemned, we are deserving of death, we are deserving of the punishment and wrath of God for all of eternity, for the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone, every one of us, God knowing this and seeing this, sent forth his son into the world so that the world through him might be saved. Look at what he says in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 to 23, when this announcement would come to Joseph that Mary was pregnant with Jesus, and that which is in her is of the Holy Spirit, came to Joseph and said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God, with us God with us When we were in bondage God intervened he sent forth his son in Romans chapter 8 verses 3 and 4 the apostle Paul wrote what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What Paul says in Romans chapter 8 is that the law, which was the standard that God had set for his people to be set apart from evil, to be set apart from sin, to be holy as God is holy, that the law was impossible to keep by human beings because everyone would sin and everyone would fail. We're actually told that the law was a schoolmaster or a teacher to show us that we all needed forgiveness of sins because no one could keep it perfectly. And yet, here comes Jesus, the Son of God, who while we were indebted to God and in bondage to sin because we all sinned, kept the law perfectly. He lived a perfect sinless life so that he might offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. We are incapable of doing anything to save ourselves, to forgive ourselves. If you're here today and you are trying to do everything within your power to earn your favor in the sight of God, to earn salvation, to earn forgiveness, I have to tell you this morning that according to God's word, there is nothing you and I can do to save ourselves, to offer ourselves forgiveness, to earn forgiveness in the sight of God. We are incapable of doing it. No matter how much we want to, if we wanted to, no matter how much we strive to, if we truly were striving to, we can't do it. We're incapable of it. God had to do this. I remember years ago when we first had our dog, Toto, uh, and Toto is a little Yorkie poo. I'm not proud of that (laughs) at all, okay? And as much as I don't show her great affection, she always wants to show me affection, okay? Toto, little, little, tiny little dog. I'm not sure how much time she has left. I really don't know because she's old. I'm not going to do anything because she's old. (laughs) But I remember when we first got Toto, there would be times I would let her outside the house and we had like a long chain to let her out and tie her up and let her go. And she would run around the yard and stuff. And, and there was times when I would go to the door and I would yell for her. And I'm yelling for her, Toto, come on. And she wouldn't come. And I remember one particular time that I yelled for her and she was not coming in the house. And so I'm standing at the door and I'm like, Toto, like I'm yelling. And we were kind of out like away from people where we live. So it wasn't like the neighbors would be like, this guy's crazy. Like I, I, we were kind of out there. And so I yelled a little bit more, yelled a bit more and I shut the door. And I'm like, that dumb dog won't come in. So finally, I go out on the porch and I look, and she couldn't because she was tangled up. And so she, yeah, oh, poor Toto. Toto's okay. <laughs> Toto's doing fine, okay? <laughs> poor Toto. But she's all tangled up. And so I go out there, and I felt bad. I actually felt bad a little bit. I'm like, here I am, like an idiot, yelling for her to come when she can't. She's tied up. What she literally needed me to do was go down there and let her loose and untangle her to bring her in. She could not do anything. And that's the picture I want us to understand of ourselves in our sin. We were a complete tangled mess in our sin. And there was absolutely nothing we could do to free ourselves. God had to do that. And so when we were in that bondage to sin and that tangled mess of sin that we willfully chose to disobey God in our own selfish pursuits, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son Jesus into the world so that the world that was tangled a mess and in bondage to sin, could be set free. Not by anything we could do, but because God has set us free in Christ. This is the plan of God. This is the precise plan of God. When we were in bondage to sin, God sent forth his son. Leaves the third point. Christ's coming was for a specific purpose. Verse 5, specific purpose, He's going to tell us, listen, I don't want to disappoint you this morning. If you're disappointed with this, I'm really not sorry. But Jesus didn't come so that we would celebrate on Christmas Day with presents and Christmas trees and lights and candy and everything else. I mean, it's great. I mean, celebrate away. Have at it. But there was a specific reason why Christ came. And if you've never seen it before, it tells us right here in Galatians chapter 4 why God sent forth his son in the fullness of time. Look at what he says. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? Verse 5. To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Folks, you want the greatest Christmas gift you could ever recognize or receive? Look at what he says in verse 5 again. Why he sent forth his son. To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. Have you ever said the words, nobody cares about me? Nobody loves me. No one's ever done anything good for me. No one gives me anything. No one gives me any gifts. No one even cares that I exist. No one even knows I'm here. Every single one of those statements would be a lie when we read about the plan of God. Do you realize in this passage when we talk about the perfect plan of God, the precise plan of God, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, the Apostle Paul said this tr- saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the foremost. Recognize why Christ came. If you're here today, you are not here by chance. If you're here this morning on Sunday morning and maybe you've been here a thousand times, maybe you've never been here before, you're not here by chance. Listen to what God says. Why did Christ come? Why was he born in Bethlehem? Why would he take upon himself the form of a a servant in human flesh yet without sin? Why? Why would God from eternity past plan the coming of the Savior? Why would the prophet Micah say that this is going to happen? Why would hundreds of prophecies be fulfilled concerning Christ? And why would the angels even have to make this announcement rejoice today because there's great news why why did God do all of this Galatians chapter 4 verse 5 tells us why to redeem you and me to make us gods to forgive us of our sins to adopt us as sons and daughters of God that is why Christ has come And so someone says to you today, why do you celebrate Christmas? Why do you rejoice on Christmas? What's the big deal? You need to hear this today. The big deal is this, that the eternal holy God, who is everlasting to everlasting, who knows every single thing you and I have ever done, ever thought, ever spoke, every action we've ever taken, every word before it was even on our tongue, that that God who knows you more than anyone else does... Would love you and I enough to send his son into the world so that we would be forgiven and saved through him. That's the plan of God. That's what he accomplished when he sent his son to redeem those that were under the law, to adopt us as his sons and his daughters. It would be one thing for God to set us free in Christ to make sin no longer our master. It would be one thing for God to set us free in him so that we were just not under the bondage of sin and to make the devil no longer our father. But he went a step further. He not only made us new, God makes us his. Isn't that incredible? That God not only set us free God not only delivered us from the bondage of sin, he not only did that, but he also adopted us. He didn't just set us free from that bondage and say, okay, go have a nice life. You're set free, I hope you don't mess it up anymore. No, he set us free, and knowing we were incapable of helping and providing for ourselves, he said, I'm not only setting you free, but I'm making you mine. I'm adopting you into my family. And so you and I belong in the family of God through his son, Jesus Christ. And although it began a long time before Bethlehem, the word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us in Bethlehem on that day when the Savior was born. And we have much reason to rejoice today, church. And if you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you have no idea about your eternity, I need you to know that on purpose God has you here to hear this message. That if you will call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be forgiven of your sins. That if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You can be forgiven of your sins. I don't care how long you've been in church. If you've missed this, you've missed everything. God has sent his son into the world. Not to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. You can be saved today. Through Jesus Christ. This is the plan of God. When we were in bondage. Christ came for a specific purpose. And number four, finally God's plan was executed perfectly. I love verse six because verse four tells us in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. He was held to a high standard, the highest standard. Born under the law, born of a woman, fully God, fully man. Why? To redeem those that were under the law. So that we may be adopted as sons and daughters. And then look at verse 6. Look at the certainty of this statement. I love this. And because you are sons. Isn't that a great statement? This This is God explaining. Paul the Apostle is explaining the plan of God. And why the plan of God. And why Christ had to come. And if Christ came and if it was fulfilled we would be adopted as sons. And now he's speaking to those that have called and trusted in Christ as Savior. And this is what he says. And because you are sons, it's a done deal. I love that. You're his. Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That's a term of endearment to God, as though we would say, Daddy. There's love there. There's care there. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Do you realize that if you have been adopted as a son and daughter of God through Jesus Christ... You are an heir of God. In other words, you have eternity secure in Christ. God executed his plan perfectly. Perfectly. Have you ever had someone describe a plan and they say, yeah, we we had a couple hiccups along the way. Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever had a route that you were taking and you're using your GPS, your phone, it says route recalculation. Love those words, right? Route recalculation. Uh, When you thought you had everything figured out exactly as you wanted, and then a curveball is thrown. There's all kinds of statements for that, right? Curveball was thrown our way. Eh, We had a couple of mishaps. We had a route recalculation. We had a few missteps. There's all kinds of phrases and words for that because everybody's plans mess up and fail sometimes. But not God's. Executed perfectly. Planned perfectly. Carried out perfectly. Perfectly, And because you are sons, you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. I love this passage that we've already looked at last night, the Christmas Eve service, and it was alluded to already this morning, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, And on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The plan of God unfolding right before their eyes. Jesus would go on to live a perfect, sinless life. Heal the sick. Teach with authority. Perform miracles. Proclaim the gospel, the good news, that he is the savior of the world. He would be put to death on the cross, crucified. He would die. And as he was dying, before he bowed his head in John 19, 30, it says that Jesus, when he had received the sour wine, said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The plan of God, perfectly executed. And then with the exclamation point that sealed everything up, he would be raised again on the third day. And today he is alive. And he is returning again. And until he comes, we remember We remember what he has done. We remember the sacrifice for our sins. We remember his coming into this world. And we celebrate. God had a precise plan. When we were in bondage, God intervened. Christ's coming was for a specific purpose, for our salvation. And God's plan was executed perfectly. As we close this morning, in just a moment, we're going to sing two more songs together. We want to celebrate together this morning in worship Our great God. And we're going to sing about how great he is for him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Verse 11, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Verse 13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. If you want some encouraging words to read today on Christmas, read that passage again and again and again in Ephesians chapter one, verses three to 14, about all that is true of you if you know Christ as Savior today. If you don't know him today, what an incredible day this day could be for you to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. If you're here and you don't know him, I'm gonna be right down front as we sing, right over there as we sing. And you come find me today before you leave and say, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. I need forgiveness of my sins. And today, I want to trust him because I need to know him. You come forward and you do that before you leave today.